the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Ozaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called Bridges, Getting From Here to There. As today, Pastor Sean talks about finding the bridge to your sweet spot. As the Apostle Paul found three ways to get there, and they each start with the word surrender. Let's figure out this journey called life. This is Real Life Radio. This morning, I want to continue the Bridges series. We started last week. The idea for Bridges is that it's going from here to there. We, we understand here because it's where we are. Some of us fundamentally recognize the here that we are in today Something's not right, okay? Something's not right. Now, some of you, you're here maybe exactly where God wants you, and you feel great about it, and that's awesome. Keep on trucking. But for some of you, there's this uneasy sense of, yeah, it seems like God has something else. I read the scripture. It looks different. I'm here. How do I get there? And for others, there's a frustration and this thing, but they don't even know there is a there. Many times we assume that here is all there is. And that's why last week we started by talking about vision. The bridge to a new vision is an encounter with the ultimate visionary. We really talked about how God has a vision, a specific plan, a vision for every single one of us. Not just for leaders, not just for certain folks, but for every one of us. He actually has a vision. And our job is to align ourselves with that vision. And that happens through an encounter with him. And the challenge is to be able to say, What I'm seeing now may not be all there is. Lord, what do you want me to see? And it changes and expands. This week, I want to talk about the bridge to your sweet spot. Now, what is the sweet spot? Well, it's a term that's thrown around. We often talk about it when it comes to work. But it doesn't have to simply be work. It's where everything's kind of lining up for you, and it's all humming. You're firing on all cylinders. Things are working. It's this idea of the sweet spot. In short, it's the place where you thrive. Okay? Now... Different experts and consultants will tell us that the sweet spot is often found at an intersection of a few different things. I've shared this idea with you before, but we'll use a little bit different labels today, okay? The first thing that we talk about is motivation. This is the idea of motivation. Okay, good. This is... (laughs) Got to check these things, you know. You don't want people taking pictures going, Sean can't spell. This is the idea of want to. And all of us have some motivation. You're like, no, you don't know my kid. No, your kid has motivation. Seriously. People, fundamentally, there's something. This is what we care about. This is something you go, you know, I would do this for free because it matters to me. And we all have some kind of motivation. It's an important factor in our lives. The next is ability. And this is really important because it doesn't matter if you have the motivation. If you don't have ability, we all have unique abilities, things we can do, and then there's things we can't do. Like if I have the motivation, I want to become a golf professional. I just think that's so cool. It looks awesome. And I could serve Jesus. 
Lord knows the PGA needs Christians on tour to help minister to all those ungodly golfers, right? It's a plan. And you're like, wow, I've got the motivation. Let's see your swing, Azaro. And then you're like, dear Lord, what were you thinking? That swing, you, no, no, no. You're not, you're, no, you couldn't make a junior high golf team. Stop. It doesn't matter if I have the motivation, if I don't have the ability, and I don't care what it is. You want to be a writer, you want to be a singer, you want to be whatever. It, there's got to be some sense of, hey, this aligns with kind of the, how God made me. And the last one is need. And this is really, of course, important. Because there has to be some sense where there is a need for what I have the motivation and the ability to do. There's, there's a need. This is the, the want to, the can do, and someone needs me to. And it, they say that at the intersection of these three, you could use different labels, but these three things you're going to find your sweet spot. That this little place is kind of a good target, a good place to start and say, you know, I probably, if I have motivation and I have ability and then there's a need, I probably at that intersection am going to find something that's going to fit and work. And you know when you're outside the sweet spot, right? Because things just don't work and it's a drag. I grew up in Chicago so I grew up a Chicago Bulls fan and, of course, enjoyed the championship years with Jordan and those guys. The last three years where they won their last three championships, they had a player on their team. You might remember him, Dennis Rodman. Fine fellow. He's obviously eccentric and bizarre and all of the stuff, but you have to understand, that guy had a great basketball mind. He was an incredible athlete and had a great basketball mind. And you're like, I've heard interviews from him. I didn't think he had a mind, and if he did, he was out of it. He's one of the greatest rebounders in NBA history, and that's because he fundamentally, it was like, you know, he, if he would have studied math, he probably had a great math mind. He understood geometry. He understood the angles. And he knew better than anybody else, when a shot went off, where's that going to come off the backboard? Where's that going to come off the rim? And he would be in the right place at the right time. He was also a tenacious, aggravating, but tenacious defender. But that's what he was. He was a specialist. And he was very instrumental in the Bulls winning their last three championships, right? Something happened one day, though, that threw him off for like a couple months. It's terrible. Maybe it wasn't a full couple months, but it was a while until the Bulls straightened him out. Don't know why. One game, Rodman was not a good shooter at all. But for whatever reason, in a game, he pulls up and shoots. And by, I don't know if the fans were blowing, if the God was smiling. I don't know what it was. He makes a three-point shot. And you're like, okay, no big deal. Except that now, for the next six, eight games, he's chunking up three-point bricks. Seriously, it was like, and as a bullseye, I'm like, oh, dear Lord. And you just look at Michael Jordan, you're running back court, what are you doing? Because, I mean, the guy's one of the best in the world at defense and rebounding. Do that. That's your sweet spot. Shooting threes? No, no. No, we have B.J. Armstrong for that. Let him do that. Not you. I mean, really, and he's totally outside the sweet spot. It was ridiculous every time. That's an example of someone outside their sweet spot. A more painful experience for me, uh, my wife talked me into going and seeing a movie a few years back. Um, it was called Mamma Mia. Oh, dear Lord. It was one of those things, you know, where you pick like a few and, you know, shoot them up, you know, kind of rough, and, and you've had them, and she's like, it's my turn. And she's like, I saw some previews, and my friend said it was good. 
And I saw that, I looked, she shows me the preview, I'm like, oh, are you serious? We're going to go, really? You, and I want you to go with me. We could have a friend go with you, you know? This would be a girl night. No, it became one of those marital things, guys. I, I'm going not because of this movie, I'm going because I love you, sweetie. Feel this love right now. Oh, it was horrible, horrible. <laughs> really, I mean, just like, wow. But the part that was just so disturbing, and it, this really was, this was like Pierce Brosnan was in the, the movie. And my wife really thought he's one of the, you know, Hollywood kind of, you know, just one of the, the best looking leading men in Hollywood, right? And he'd been Bond and all this, so he's in this movie. When I heard him sing, just heard him sing, just heard him sing. But then what he was singing was S.O.S. by Abba. Don't you have any friends, man? Didn't somebody say, dude, don't do it. You were James Bond. You're going to undo years of good stuff. But in one single song, it was, I mean, the poor guy can't sing. It looked painful. It was painful for us. And he's singing Abba. Let me just say to you right now, if by some weird chance something happens with me and I lose my mind and I, someone ever is like, hey, Sean, why don't you sing some Abba hits? Okay? Friends don't let friends. You have to stop me. Okay? You have to intervene. If I'm, if I'm at any point, dancing queen. No, not going to happen. And he's there singing SOS by Abba. It was horrible. And you're just like, man, this is a guy, you're a successful, I mean, one of the most successful in the world, you're prominent, you, I mean, and you're doing this outside your sweet spot. It's not pretty when you're outside your sweet spot. Some would say Russell Crowe recently in Les Mis kind of took the same journey with his singing. Excellent acting, excellent playing his part, but the singing was not in his sweet spot. That's how it is when you're outside your sweet spot. Those are great illustrations of what it looks like. You're not effective, Okay. Good things aren't happening. Things just don't work right. Things don't feel right. It's very hard for you to be fully engaged. It's like, some, it's like going through the motions. It's just like, okay, it's, I'm doing it, but I don't, I don't care. I, or nobody cares. It just it doesn't feel right. Not only are you not effective and you're not fully engaged, opportunities dry up. Other people notice that you're not in the midst of your sweet spot. And so opportunities aren't coming your way. I think one of the most significant things that happens when you're outside your sweet spot, though, is that you're not joyful. And that is tragic. You being outside of that sweet spot and being in a place where you're not joyful is tragic because God created us for joy. That's an important, fundamental idea. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. You're supposed to experience joy. It's different than happiness. Remember, happiness is circumstantial because it sounds like happenstance, okay? I can be happy with circumstances or I can be unhappy with circumstances, and that's fine. But joyful is different. It's something deep. It's something abiding, something real, and it's something God designed us for. And when you're totally outside of your God-designed sweet spot, it's very hard to live in joy. It's one of the best indicators Joy is something God created us for. And it's something beautiful. We're made for joy. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Bridges. 
And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Pastor Sean continues with this message called The Bridge to Your Sweet Spot. This is Real Life Radio. Jesus said that his desire, that he taught us about obedience so that his joy could be in us and that our joy could be full. One of the greatest signs that you might not be in your sweet spot is a lack of joy. Ecclesiastes 2.24 says, A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? Acts 13.52 says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What's interesting is that passage is like they just got thrown out of a town for preaching the gospel. But they were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. If you don't have joy, you are probably not in the sweet spot that God designed for you. Recently I had a conversation with a friend of mine. He built a business, pretty good business, IT business, and he's considering selling it. And I asked him why, because he's doing very well with it. He said, because I don't find myself just joyful about doing this. This is fine, he says, but it doesn't make my heart beat faster. doesn't get me up in the morning in the same way. And he's hoping to sell it so he can do something like teach or something else like that. And I just affirmed him. He's on the right kind of journey. I don't know where it'll end up. I don't know what God will do. I don't know where he'll decide. But if you're not in that place where you feel at, you know, and I'm not talking about every day is rosy and wonderful. What I'm saying is there should be a deep sense of joy and satisfaction in what you're doing. And if there's not, that's a sign. Now, I want to suggest that countless biblical characters found what we'll call, for the sake of our series, the bridge to their sweet spot. And they all found it on the same bridge. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The bridge to your sweet spot is a bridge marked surrender. Now, I'm not talking about surrender kind of like it's thrown around the negative implication, you know, kind of like we make jokes about the French army or something, okay? That's not what we're talking about. Okay, we're, we're talking about where you lay something down and you tr- entrust it to someone else. You lay it down, you recognize, okay, I can't do it on my own, not my way, but your way. Joseph experienced that kind of surrender. Remember Joseph? 
His brother sold him into slavery. Joseph the dreamer. He could have become bitter, but he didn't. In the house of Potiphar, where he was a slave, he surrendered himself to God's purpose, and God blessed him and prospered him. When he was thrown into jail for something that was no fault of his at all, instead of being bitter, he surrendered himself to God's purposes, went in prison. And God blessed him so much so that he ultimately, that surrender led him to his sweet spot, which lo and behold, was as prime minister of Egypt. Second, only to Pharaoh. Moses, at a burning bush, had this wrestling match with God and ultimately decided to surrender. He tried to come up with every excuse he could. But ultimately, he did exactly what the Lord said. He surrendered. Oh, and of course, he delivered God's people from Egypt, changed world history, and became one of the most prominent leaders in the history of the entire world because he surrendered. He found a sweet spot. Simon Peter's a great picture. I, I want to suggest to you, it's funny, Simon Peter's a fisherman, right? Every time we see him in the Bible, he's not catching any fish. Peter probably wasn't a very good fisherman. There, I said it. I, that, that's not documented. I have no proof of that. But every time we see him in the Scripture, he's not catching fish. And you're like, well, God was doing that to him. Well, I don't know, maybe. Who, what else would have been blaming on God all these years, right? But one day in Luke chapter 5, when again he hadn't caught any fish, Jesus manifests a miracle in front of him. And Peter's so blown away, he falls on his feet before Jesus, uh, falls on his knees before Jesus. And Jesus says, don't worry about it, Peter. He says, follow me, because I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And of course, Peter did find a sweet spot, led the movement that we call the Christian church that we're a part of today, and he also changed the history of the whole world. Because the bridge to his sweet spot was the bridge marked surrender. But I don't think there's any better example in all of Scripture than Saul of Tarsus. Remember Saul? It's in Acts chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, turn over there. Acts chapter 9, we read the story of Saul of Tarsus. And this is what we read beginning at verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciple. Against the Lord's disciples. Breathing out murderous threats. Now let me ask you, do you think that sounds like a joyful guy? I don't think so. He's mad, he's religiously zealous, and he is trying to stamp out the Christian church, or as they called it, the people of the way. So Paul, Saul, we're told, his name would later become Paul, he went up to the high priest, asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus, so if he found any there who belonged to the way, that's the label for the Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. That's pretty, he didn't know what's going on. Voice from heaven, good, good chance it's the Lord. So you hear a voice from heaven, bright light, knock you down. Just trust, it's probably the Lord, okay? He doesn't even know who the Lord is. Who are you, Lord? And he hears, much to his dismay, I am Jesus, who you're persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. Well, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground. When he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, didn't eat or drink anything. Now in Damascus there was a disciple whose name was Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, said, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. 
He said, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he's praying. In a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias who will come and place hands on him to restore his sight. You can just hear the tone in Ananias' voice. Lord, um, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's come here with authority from chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't know, I call on your name. Ananias is a little freaked out here. But the Lord said to him, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim the name, my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So Ananias went to the house. He entered, placing hands on Saul. He said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Note that phrase, see and be filled. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. After taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Those who heard him were astonished and asked, Well, isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Listen to verse 22. And yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. I wonder if Saul had found his sweet spot. Remember Acts 13, 52? Okay, this is well after Acts 9, obviously. Acts 13, 52. We read the disciples were filled with joy of the Holy Spirit. Remember they'd been thrown out of the city. It was Saul and Barnabas we're talking about. His name was Paul by that time. The Lord changed his name. But that's who we're talking about, Paul and Barnabas. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We read that. He's the one who wrote that. So he goes from breathing murderous threats to being this cheerleader for joy. I want to suggest it's because he found his sweet spot in the Lord. The bridge to your sweet spot is a bridge marked surrender. I think there were three ways that Paul discovered that surrender leads to your sweet spot. And I want to share those with you. The first, surrender aligns you with your God-given design. It aligns you with your God-given design. Remember what he said, what the Lord said in verse 15. This Saul is my chosen instrument. I want to suggest chosen and designed. Think about it. He was zealous. He was fearless. Very smart. Extremely well-educated. Trained by Gamaliel one of the leading masters of the rabbis. Paul was totally custom fit for what God had for him. He was just pointed in the right direction. And he has this encounter and this surrender. And all of a sudden he becomes the primary apostle of the Christian church after the first founding, after Simon Peter. And he takes the church beyond to the Gentiles. He writes well over half of our New Testament. He was exactly designed 1 Corinthians 12 gives us a picture of how this works. Beginning at verse 4, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but all of them, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Listen, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Do you understand that? God has given unique spiritual manifestations, spiritual gifts, they're called, to every single one of us, not just some. In fact, he's invested all kinds of things in you. We have a class that we call Get Ready. In fact, it's one of the journey classes that is happening today. You can sign up for it. The number you went through a couple months ago, we had a really big 
one. And in that, we review, we, we teach something that's called your shape. It's an acronym for five shaping influences that, that are in every one of our lives that God has been using and God has invested in us to prepare us for the assignment, that sweet spot that he has for us. The acronym is SHAPE, and they stand for S, spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are for every believer. Everyone who's accepted Jesus, been filled with his spirit, you have unique spiritual gifts. And your gifts are different than the person next to you, and that's a very good thing. Because nobody gets all the gifts. And we sometimes get weird. I've seen churches where if the pastor has a particularly prominent gift, then, then everybody starts to kind of project that gift on themselves or on other people, and that becomes kind of the gift. That's absolutely ridiculous. What you have then is a bunch of people being a bad copy of one person's gifts. Whereas every single one of us are called, the scripture says, 1 Corinthians 12, it says, which gift should we seek? We should seek the greater gift. In other words, the one God gave you. He has uniquely gifted you. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service, also at the website reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, and we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.